0: This podcast is proudly brought to you by Sky Racing and Ingress, number one in its field. Part two with our special guest, Pam O'Neill from Brisbane. During the trip to Japan in 1983, you didn't feel well for several weeks. You were always tired and losing weight. And as soon as you got back to Brisbane, you went to see your doctor. And he hit you between the eyes with a sledgehammer.
1: Yeah, Johnny, he, he, he did. I um, I had gone for a checkup before I left, and one doctor told me that I was wasting too hard and working too hard, and, and I just took it like that, you know. And uh, anyhow, when I came back, my mum got hold of me and she said, I think you better come down for a checkup with my doctor. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, that's when they found that I had cancer. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that was a bit of a shock because that's what my father died of, and uh, anyhow, uh, he sent me up to a specialist up on the terrace, mm. and uh, they operated on me. I was in the Wesley Hospital, I think, for about three weeks, four weeks.
0: Mm. Well, so what did they tell it was good you though? To the, uh, way. the 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 original prognosis wasn't good, was it?
1: No, they said to me, if I hadn't moved when I did it, they said you only had twelve months to live, Goodness and. Uh, that was a bit of a shock, but, uh, it, it, you know, I'm one of those sort of people. I don't let things worry me like that. I just get on with it because I know you've either got to beat it, mm. you can fall in a heap, but if you don't, you've got to beat it, you
0: mm. know. Well, that's 36 years ago, so I'd say you've beaten it.
1: I'm still here, John. That's the main thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, there have been a few special horses in your life, none more so than old Super Snacks. He came into your life under unusual circumstances. You'd just been taken off a nice horse, and a group of friends decided to buy one that you would never be taken off. And you found him at an English Easter sale.
1: Yes, we did. Um, I, I was riding that horse Breakfast Craig. He won three out of four. Mm. And uh, he had bad feet. And the day that I got beat on him, he runs second. And uh, they said, oh, we want to put a male on him. So Colin Part owned him too. And uh, anyhow, a girlfriend, the same girlfriend that got on to Al Grasby for me, was the instigator of we form a syndicate and and buy a horse in Sydney. So down we went and uh, we found um, Super Snack down there.
0: By lunchtime, a very top sire at the time, yeah.
1: Loved them, loved the lunchtimes. Well, Breakfast Creek was by lunchtime and and then I used to ride a horse called Water Wagon and he was by lunchtime Mm. and uh, they they were handy horses and I loved the breed, but they they had bad feet, John. They were very bad feet problems. Mm.
0: Who, the lunchtimes?
1: Yes, yes. It was
0: common with them, eh?
1: Yes, and it's super snack should have won a real big race only for his feet. And uh, Mm. anyhow, we bought him and uh, oh, he could buck.
0: What'd you pay for him, Fab?
1: I think about 27,000 we paid for him then, and that was a bit of money in those days. My word, you know.
0: Mm.
1: We had about 50 people in him, (laughs) there's people everywhere in him,
0: decent cheer squad.
1: Oh, teachers that weren't even been to the races, bought a quarter share of somebody's half share and oh, yeah. <laughs> <Lovely. laughs> But they, they were great people and they never interfered. And, and he was a horse that paid his way from nearly day one, the day mm-hmm. he raced, first day he raced.
0: Well, tell he me about tw- his bad habits first. He had a few of those, didn't he?
1: Oh, did he ever? He... Um, he used to go out. I remember forget when we got him from the breaker as I was going out on the track on him, and uh, he uh, was trotting along. And next minute, he dropped the head, and I was only good for about six. <laughs> 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 one of the one of the trainers, I think it was Paul Dawson, yelled out. He said, "You got him!" I said, "Peaks tail, I have." Yeah. And he used to drop the head, and then he'd whip back underneath you. Mm. Oh, and oh, he'd get you. He'd get you all the time.
0: Yeah. What about know? on race day?
1: Oh, he had another trick at that. As he was pulling up, he'd whip around. Oh. So I knew him, so I was ready for him.
0: But through the but race, he was fine.
1: Through the race, he was fine. He mm. was fine. He was a little bit tardy at the start, even to get him in the barriers. But, mm. no, he was fine. Him and I became real good mates, you mm. know. mm
0: Pam and and, we're talking about a horse called Super Snacks, which is, is Pam's all-time favorite. The win that gave you probably the biggest thrill was the Rockhampton Cup.
1: Yes, it, that was that was a big thrill because because uh, uh, what we used to do, we take a lot of horses up to, um, to Rockhampton because at that time the winter carnival was here, the Stradbroke and everything gone, and mm. a lot of our horses weren't good enough to compete because we had a lot of top horses come up from down south in those days, you know. Mm. Mm. Anyhow, we'd head up to Townsville, and uh, we'd won all the major races and up there, and the Rocky Cup was coming up, and uh, and he, he could be a front runner because it was 2,200 metres then. Mm. Now it's been, I think it's cut back to a mile. Mm. and uh, anyhow he jumped out and he was leading, and as I got around to about the 1400, there was a jockey come past me and said, let me lead. I said, drop off, will you, because there's a horse come off beside him. <laughs> yeah. He'd pull. He'd really pull.
0: Would, would he? I said,
1: oh, drop off.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, anyhow, go, you gave come- that jockey a swift repartee.
1: Yeah, I did slightly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you would have done that in the trots, John.
0: <laughs> oh, of course, many times.
1: <laughs> yes, Do you that, know uh,
0: he won seven at Eagle Farm.
1: Oh yes, he was a good. He won when he was ten. Yeah. And Lenny Hill riding, I mm. was out hurt, and Lenny Hill riding when he was ten year old.
0: Mm. He won But s- he,
1: he he was a good horse.
0: Seven at Eagle Farm and one at Doomben. Uh, Twenty-three wins in all, and you rode him in eighteen of those wins. You gave him a home for life, too, didn't you? Oh
1: yes, we. uh, I uh, he was given to me then, and because he'd been so good to me, I um, I kept him in the stable, and his feet got worse, and and I'd turn him out in the paddock because I'd feel sorry for him, and he used to come back looking skinny because he used to fret out in the paddock, John, even when he was in. Racing, you turn him out, he'd never do real good out outside, you know? Mm, yep. And, uh, yeah, he had a home for life with us.
0: We but, mentioned uh, – sorry, Pam, go on.
1: I'll tell you a little story about him. I'll never forget this day I was at Doomban, yeah. and he was favourite. And as I said, he was a bit tardy in the barriers. And one of the barrier attendants got up on the barriers and he said, Pam, I'll get your way. And I said, oh, that's good, thanks. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> The gate's open, and I come out 10 lengths last. <laughs> and I thought, crap. What's,
0: yeah.
1: what's he done? Anyhow, what's he done? Anyhow, as I was pulling up, I thought to myself, I reckon that bloke still had hold of this horse's head. Mm. Anyhow, I said to one of the clerk of the courses, I said, did you see if he had, they had a hold of his head? He never saw anything, he said. Ooh. And I was sure he, that he still had hold of his head. Mm. Anyhow, um, he, uh, when I went back in and on, because I looked at Colin and he's shaking his head and saying, well, what have you done this time? Yeah. And uh, anyhow, I said, I want to protest about the start. Mm. And because he only got beat a couple of lengths too, you know.
0: Did you run second? He run second. Run he se- run second. Oh.
1: And uh, anyhow, uh, they showed the film, and you could see, like, it wasn't, it was just a split-second decision, and and he didn't let him go, you know. And uh, anyhow, as i come back to the enclosure, the crowd went berserk. They said, oh, get back in the kitchen, O'Neill, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And and Tommy Dawson was there. I'll never forget him. And anyhow, we went into the steward's room, and uh, you could see it was the camera was luckily you could see head on and side on, that the horse's head was at the side when he jumped, you know. Mm. So I was declared a non-runner. Mm. And uh, anyhow, uh, a bloke come up to me and said, well, what have you been if you'd run, uh, if you'd won? I said, well, I wouldn't have protested, would I? You know?
0: <laughs> of course.
1: <laughs> but we had, there were some big punters in, in him too and uh, you know, I was mainly thinking there about their money, not getting second prize money, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But, you, uh, yeah, I'll never
0: forget it. You've already mentioned Breakfast Creek. He was trained by your late husband, Colin. You rode him as a two-year-old. You won three straight on him, in fact, two at Eagle Farm and one at Doomban. You then ran second in a listed race at Doomban, and that's when the rumbling started. You were feeling a bit uneasy after that.
1: Yes, and as I said, he pulled up lame, lame that day. He, he was a lovely horse. He was 17 hands when we bought him as a yearling in Sydney, this bloke. And uh, anyhow, um, he would uh, – I'll never forget, uh, we'd be educating him and uh, Strong's had the horse called Christopher. And I said to Colin one day in a jump out, because we never trialled him. We used to put him in jump outs. Yeah. And uh, I said to Colin, don't worry about Christopher. I said, this is all right. Mm. And my first start in a race from Eagle Farm at the 1,000-meter start, we come from 17 Barrier. Mm. And they'd, I can't think of the horse that they backed. I think it was one of McLaughlin's or something. Mm. Anyhow, I backed him into favorite, and this bloke come out and uh, annihilated him, and he won three straight. Mm. And uh, and then the day that I run second, well the rumbles were on because Colin was going to head him for the golden slipper. Mm. And uh, anyhow, they said they wanted to put a mail on. And uh, well, what could I say? I've, so heard, they,
0: yeah, I've heard that song before. <laughs>
1: yes, I, I heard this one. And yeah. uh, and anyhow, he. Uh, so I said to Colin, I said, put Les Harris on him. I said he'll suit him. Mm. because I used to ride with Les a lot down the coast, and yeah. anyhow, he come out and won the Coca-Cola.
0: At Doombin, yeah.
1: At Duman and then we headed down for the Slipper.
0: Yeah, I remember him I running in the Slipper. I kept riding him work. Oh, that was bounding away, Slipper, 1986. He never really got into the race, did he?
1: No, well, he led. Uh, Gavin Duffy rode him. He was up near the lead. Yeah. He should never have started, John. He uh, They paid the late entry fee on him, but his feet mm. were bad, and, and we had to have special plates on him and they said, well, seeing that you've paid the late entry fee, we'll let you start, you know. Oh, yep. Yeah. But uh, oh, he he was very good horse, mm. very good horse.
0: He only had a total of 16 starts. He won a Liverpool City Cup at Warwick Farm one day and Doug Messingham was his jockey that day.
1: That's right. Uh, i tell you who trained him. Um, it was a bloke at Deegan trained him then. Mm-hmm. I can't think of his name. Um, just slipped my mind. Yeah. Because he had to go out and he had to be spelled for 12 months mm. with his feet. And uh, anyhow, we decided we wanted to get out of him. And mm. anyhow, we, we sold our share in him. Well, Colin's share in him.
0: So you've got no doubt we never saw the best of Breakfast Creek.
1: Oh, no, no. He, he was a very good horse. John, very good. And and the same with Super Snack. He was a very good horse, but he always had feet trouble, mm. bad feet trouble. He used to have uh, get thrush in his feet all the time, mm. and every day I used to wash them out and pack them with sulphur millimite and that. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's just their traits, their lunchtimes, I think.
0: Mm. You and your first husband, Matt, had two kids, Cherie and Gavin. Cherie yes. took out a trainer's license when her stepfather Colin took ill and she still got a couple in work.
1: Yes yeah, she has John she she loves it that's that's why I said it's a wonder where where Taylor got all this from <laughs> mm. but uh she she loves it and and Gavin he was a jockey for a while and then he got too big. Yep and uh he mainly works on construction sites and everything now. Mm.
0: You and Gavin rode together in the same race one day at Bow Desert and that was a special moment for you.
1: Well, it was a special moment for him. Mm. <laughs> he, he was determined to beat his mother and uh, <laughs> he, he he come out and he'd come out in the race and I think he ran second and uh, uh, when we were pulling up, he said, oh, I beat you. And when he got an enclosure, Colin gave him a pay because he should have
0: won the race. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're right on cue there because we're going to talk about Colin now. He was an outstanding jockey in his own right. I remember him winning a Doomben 10,000 on a Sydney horse called Tipperary Star. He won a Stradbroke too, didn't he?
1: He did. He won a Stradbroke on Prince Meadies.
0: Had a dreadful battle with weight, Pam. Uh, which shortened his career as a jockey drastically.
1: Well, John, you imagine those times. I think the top weight was about 53 or 52. Yeah. Like half of these jockeys wouldn't be able to ride in those days, you know? No, no. And uh, they had to waste very hard, had to waste very hard, and and that was his downfall because in those days they used to take basics, and that's virtually what killed him. It, it uh, affected his kidneys and got cancer in the kidneys and it went up to the brain. But, you know, he was a brilliant jockey. Mm.
0: You lost him, what, seven years ago?
1: Yes, going on, I think, six years this August, I think it is. Yeah.
0: You know, you'd run into the younger female jockeys on occasions, no doubt, uh, in recent years. Are some of them aware that you're the lady who paved the way for them? Do you, do you get that sort of recognition and acknowledgement?
1: No, not not so much from the young ones, or or they don't say anything. Some of them are even scared to talk to you. I I never thought that I walked around with a cranky face, no, but you know they won't say hello or anything. But you know that that's that's just just the, my, you know as I said, I was there at the time and I got the rule changed. If it wasn't me, it might have been somebody else. And uh, mm. anyhow, I was proud that I was the one there.
0: We'll just pause for, again, Pam, to clear a commitment on the podcast and then we'll come back to use Hollywood jargon to wrap it up. The completion of the Great Southern Sale in Melbourne brought down the curtain on a spectacular sales season for Inglis. In 2019, English cleared an amazing 85% of all yearlings offered a Southern Hemisphere high. English sold 19 of the 30 yearlings in Australia to make more than a million dollars, as well as the only two yearlings to sell for 2 million or more. English graduates have won 20 individual Group 1 races for the season so far. Inglis ended the sales season as the Southern Hemisphere market leader. Entries for the classic Melbourne Premier, Australian Easter, Melbourne Gold and Scone Yearling sales will be open in early July. You'll find details and entry forms at inglis.com.au. My special guest is Pam O'Neill. You know, you've got special favourites, no doubt, among the young ladies who are riding in races today. And I know you've got a, a lot of time for Tegan Harrison. You mentioned her name already.
1: Yes, I, I, I like Tegan very much. I think she's pretty professional. She can get off and the horse and talk to you about how the horse has gone. And I think a lot of – some jockeys lack that. They don't give the owners a respect that they deserve when they own horses, you know. I, I, when I was taking a apprentice school down at Deegan, I used to always say to the to the apprentices, I said, always thank your owners for your rides. If you think you rode a bad race, tell them you rode a bad race, because that will get you you admitting it. That would they'll say, well, I'll put him on next time. And, and and give them a feedback about their horse. So I think it's very important because you're dealing with owners. They're the ones that are buying the horses. Mm. And you, Tegan's very good at that.
0: You tell me there's a, a total of 56 female riders registered in Queensland. And I was talking to Keith Bullock the other day from Racing New South Wales. He's the man with all the statistics. And he's given me some interesting figures, Pam, for this state. There are 142 registered fully-fledged jockeys in New South Wales. 35 are females. That's 25%. There are 59 apprentices registered here in New South Wales, 59. 31 of them are girls. That's better than 50%. It's great, isn't it? Terrific. And as far as the picnic riders go... There are 42 registered picnic jockeys, and exactly half of them are females.
1: Yes. I started a trend, John.
0: Yeah, surprise. Oh, you have your what? <laughs> <laughs> you? Have your what? Have you? And just to rub salt into the wounds, they are all accommodated in lavish lady jockey rooms all over Australia, compared to Pam's penthouse at the Gold Coast Track.
1: Yes, and then not only that, John, the, the penthouse track. I also had to get changed with the doctors Did in you? the doctors' rooms. Mm. So that that was that was my my changing rooms. I get in with the doctor, yeah. and change, and that that was my room.
0: And you were such a shy retiring type at the time.
1: I was, <laughs> <laughs> as anybody knows me. <laughs>
0: You're a unique lady, Pam O'Neill, you're a very special Queenslander and four decades ago you wore the establishment down, there's no other way to put it, and you made them recognise the fact that female jockeys could compete successfully at the very highest level and you've been proven absolutely correct.
1: Thank you, John, I appreciate that. And, and I must tell you, I have admired you through my writing career too. I honestly have. You're a great person.
0: Oh, thanks, Pam. I appreciate that. I haven't run into you for quite a long time now.
1: No, when you rang me the other day and you blast from the past, you said, I, thought, I know that voice. <laughs> <laughs> it was lovely.
0: No, it was great to catch up. I've been wanting to get you on this podcast for ages. I was only uh, making mention of that to our mutual friend Rod Galagos a month or so back. Rod's now living in Canberra. He's a Bundaberg boy originally.
1: Yes, I remember Rod and he married Keith and daughter Kate. He did? Yes. No, we had some funny times, Rod and Colin and all of us. No, he's a good bloke.
0: What do you prefer to be called? History maker, trailblazer or pioneer?
1: Pioneer sounds very appropriate,
0: doesn't it? Well, it's alliterative. Pioneer Pam. (laughs) Pioneer
1: Pam. I could be Pioneer Grand Nanny Pam.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Whatever people call you, there is no doubt in my mind Australian racing history is going to treat you very kindly.
1: Thank you, John. Thank you.
0: Thanks for your time on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And this podcast was produced by Supernova South. The recent Great Southern sale at the beautifully renovated Oakland's Junction Complex was an outstanding success. The select weanlings offered on the first two days averaged over $32,000 with a clearance rate of almost 80%. 22 of them sold for $100,000 or more. The mares also enjoyed considerable increases across all key indicators. An average of 25,000 up 27%, a median of 8,000 up 45% and a gross of 5.1 million up 15%. Top of the market was again very strong with nine horses selling for $200,000 or more. Across four days of selling, the gross was almost 17.7 million up 11%. It's time for vendors to switch the attention to the 2020 yielding sales and entries will open in early July. Go to english.com.au.